This week on the Men at the Movies podcast, we kick off two weeks of rom-coms to celebrate Valentine's Day, starting with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. We discuss how lust is like chocolate, but love is like a diamond. This movie shows how the games we play prevent us from getting the connection that we most long for. And in times of conflict, it's easy to bail, but love is forged by sticking it out when others would leave. Don't forget to water the love fern, and let's discover God's truth in this movie. The movies and stories we love are gateways to see ourselves and God in new ways. Every great story borrows its power from a larger story, the story that's written on our hearts and woven into the fabric of our very being. Hello and welcome to the Men at the Movies podcast. My name is Paul McDonald and joining me on this Valentine's Day week after Valentine's Day, but it's in the realm of Valentine's Day is coming from Heart City, Hotlanta. <laughs> hey, Brad, how you doing? Valentine's, Valentine's Day. I'm doing, I'm doing amazing, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, we are we are busting out the rom-coms for Valentine's Day Woo-hoo. season. And it's weird because Valentine's Day, it's weird actually because Britt and I will be together on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, we will. And uh <laughs> he'll be he'll be visiting. He's got a conference up here in Charlotte. Uh so we'll be hanging out on Valentine's Day, but we wanted to do a couple rom-coms. We've got uh How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days this week. And uh, next week we'll do uh, when Harry met Sally. We're actually on Valentine's Day. We're going to be discussing one of the best rom coms of all time. The standard, probably. Probably, yeah. I, you get, yeah. So, but this one, this one, how to lose a guy in ten days. Oh wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, I wanted to ask, other than the obvious, <laughs> any traditions or practices that you and your wife have that's not going to happen this year because you're here but what uh what do you guys do for valentine's day we, we usually just try to go to a dinner or something i mean we don't do anything super fancy i am one of those people that i actually feel that it's more important to express that often through the year. So, you know, I, I'll try to do every a little day is Valentine's day, baby, every day, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, try to do, uh, you know, often some flowers or try to go out on a date. I mean, you know, my wife and I was, it has, it's not like this now, but for many, many years, even through three kids up, you know, until maybe four or five years ago, you know, we had a date night every week. And that was something that we instituted early in our marriage, because I am one of those sort of people that fills up my time quickly. And so it helped me to know that there was one night a week that we were going to have a date night. And it helped Becca to know there's going to be one night a week that we had a, a date night. And, and that we did that even before, like in our first maybe six months, year of marriage. And, and again, we, we stuck with it until a few years ago, you know, the kids got a little older and stuff like that, but it was just really important to us. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a sacrifice, but it's something that has really helped us to know. And even if it wasn't going out, like the fact that someone would take the kids for a couple hours and we would even have dinner home or whatever, you know, that sort of thing, just some time together. So, yeah. What about you? Uh, what about you guys? We are we we tend to try to go out for dinner um, this year after you leave the house. Um, <laughs> we we we've been doing the uh, Hello Fresh, the meal delivery service. Uh, so they've been delivering three meals a week, and so they have a like a more special meal. So we're doing a three course meal that we'll cook together and have some wine. And normally we've gone out for a date or yeah, like you said, we normally focus on the anniversary as being the celebration of our love rather than the, this random day in February that now apparently the Super Bowl is going to be hammering against. So, 
And so that's that's uh, that's going to be what future Valentine's Day and Super Bowl weekends are going to come to be. So when I told some guys yesterday, I was like, hey, we're going to do how to lose a guy in 10 days. And pretty much any time I mentioned this movie to any dude, it seems like this one is the, uh, I hate to admit it, but that one I actually love. <laughs> and that's for me, I call it my guilty pleasure. It's the movie that if it's on, it, it sucks me in and I end up watching it. The question is not why did we pick this movie? Cause that's why it's, it's a great rom-com, but what is it about this movie in particular that sets it out from other syrupy dreck that we don't tech typically watch as we'll get into it i think that a lot of guys can relate to the struggle of wanting to have a relationship with a woman but yet feeling like everything that's sacred to them has is being turned upside <laughs> down and so i think guys can relate to this that that women sometimes don't understand how important some of those things are to a guy. And, and I kind of have a list of all the things that she does and she's doing them on purpose, right? I mean, she's doing them on purpose for the, for the sake of the story and for the sake of that article that she's supposed to write. So she's doing it on purpose, but I think every guy, like even like my son was trying not to watch the movie. My son is 16 and he was trying not to watch the movie and something, what happened? He goes, he'd go, Oh no. And my, you know, my daughters were watching it and they were like, they were covering their eyes. Like they were like, no, don't do it to him. And like, even they were realizing like how horrible she, they're like, I know she's doing it on purpose, but Oh, that's so horrible. Um, not that you should do things just cause guys like them, but, but I think there's definitely a couple of these, these elements that uh, sometimes women don't understand why they are important to men and that they, you know, it doesn't need to mean that they're never together. Or like, like the, I said, that like, friend Michelle, who doesn't seem to understand why crying after sex might be a bad thing <laughs> or telling him he, she loves him and wants to marry him on like the second day might scare the him second off. day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so those sort of things, um, I, so I think it's relatable to guys and obviously it, it's a romantic comedy. So it has those elements that I think, um, you know, appeal to women too. And, and they're, and they're two great, very engaging actors. Right. I mean, Kate Hudson is amazingly beautiful. She's a great actress and Matthew McConaughey. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't kick him out of bed. I mean, yeah, that guy is really <laughs> handsome. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, and, Where's and your hand I'm between like, these pillows? <laughs> but he's, but, you know, he's a good looking guy, very funny, very personable. I mean, you know, you know, like you kind of have a man crush on him. Oh, you want to yeah, sure. have him, you want to have him on the podcast. Dude, but like even so in a, today, I have to actually tell you today, I uh, messaged him on Facebook telling him I want to have no. him on the podcast. No, you didn't. I did. That's amazing. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I really love green lights and it's like really a, a, a powerful story. And you guys should read, if you haven't read green lights, you should. Uh, it's a great um, story of sort of following the the path and sticking to it and all this and, and stepping out in faith yeah. in a lot of ways. But, you know, even when you see him on an interview, he's very engaging oh, yeah. and he's very he's very likable and he's very fun and he tells great stories. So so I think that's part of the part of it, too. And they have great chemistry. And, and so that's part of it. Yeah. So the premise of the movie, if you guys have lived under a rock and have never seen this, um, <laughs> Kate Hudson is her name is Andy Anderson. She works for a girl magazine called Composure. Composure. It's obviously a takeoff of Cosmo. What? Um, what? <laughs> it's, it seems close enough. They probably should have had to pay Cosmo a little something for their trademark rights or whatever. Right. Licensing. Uh, and then Ben, uh, is a, who played by Matthew McConaughey is a advertising, uh, agent. He, and it's interesting because they're both pigeonholed, but want to be more. Andy is the how to, you know, how to feng shui your apartment, how to talk your way out of a ticket, how to do this and that. But she wants to write about stuff that matters. She wants to write about politics and women's rights and not just clothes and laser surgery and all this stuff. She has big dreams. 
And so that's where, that's who she is. Ben is currently the jocks jock. He sells stuff to, he sells basically beer and sports equipment. That's his marketing gig, but he wants to get into luxury items and specifically diamonds with all this stuff. It's, it's interesting that you, you see these two parallel stories knowing they're about to meet because You've got Andy on the one hand, who's got a friend who's like I mentioned, Michelle, she does everything wrong and the guys always leave and she thinks it's cause she's fat and she's not, it's just, she's kind of psychotic when she acts this way. And so Andy said, well, I'm going to do a how to of doing all these things that my friend does to see at what point the guy would leave. Meanwhile, Ben gets challenged because they're like, you don't know anything about selling diamonds and these luxury. It's not about quick and easy and sports and fireworks. There's a difference. There's a nuance. And so the first clip I'm going to play is this, the scene in the bar at the very beginning where Ben is there with the Judy's, the two women who run the, the luxury um, marketing campaigns and their boss and he Ben's trying to say that he can do it, and the Judy's, the women there, are trying to tell him what makes marketing diamonds and specifically uh, more like love, and in the process, kind of explain a little bit about what love is. Selling a diamond to a woman is like making her fall in love. She has to feel giddy, desirous, adventurous, and desperate. Take a look around this room, Philip. Most of the women in this bar are looking for just that. Exactly. The skills required to market diamonds are the same as those needed to make a woman fall in love, yes. I'm not talking about lust. A woman in lust wants chocolate. A woman in love wants diamonds. Yeah, I'm not talking about lust either, ladies. I'm talking about deep, meaningful, head over heels, his and her towels, let's grow old together, L-O-V-E. Look, I love women. I do. Whether they're 4, 40, or my 88-year-old grandmother, I respect women, right? And I also listen to women. And that's why I can sell myself to any woman, anywhere, anytime. Make a woman fall in love with diamonds, Benjamin? Or with you? Uh, Either one. That's cocky, Ben. No, not cocky. Confident. (laughs) I'd like to see you prove that. You would. Enter Andy, who interestingly, I hadn't noticed this before, but the Judys had met Andy earlier that day. Right. The girls, the women knew what project Andy was working on. So they're setting up Ben to fail. Right. Because they're kind of manipulative bitches. They're the evil stepsisters in the movie. Oh, yeah. Super evil. And we'll see at the end, like they don't even care that they lost the account. They want to mess up the relationship. Right. So they're entering this, but that idea that uh, a girl in lust wants chocolate. A girl in love wants a diamond. But, but let's look at that for a second. Uh, How are diamonds created? Pressure, heat, time. Uh, Here you have something very beautiful a diamond, but it's beautiful the same way that a pearl is beautiful. It's like, it, it takes, it takes time. It takes heat. It takes pressure. And, and that's what is kind of being set up in this movie is that they are, they're, they're both committed to this idea of trying to do something. He's trying to love her no matter what, or try to get her to love him no matter what. So he's willing to go through anything and she's trying to, lose him no matter what. And so that, that forced time and pressure, even though it's over 10 days, it's not a marathon. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's over 10 days. Like that forces them to engage when they, when both of them would have probably bailed at some point. Well, in that comparison to lust to chocolate, because chocolate doesn't last very long, especially in the heat. Right. It makes a mess. And Whereas a diamond is a lasting thing. It's not something that it's not, it's a non-consumable. I have a hard time giving consumables as gifts because it's like, well, once it's gone, then it's gone and there's no more gift. Mm. 
and so a diamond is is like you said one is how it's formed but the other is the long lastingness of it which is one of the things that you mentioned as in our pre-work pre in our pre-show um (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things that that you talked about as we were getting ready of this idea that they stuck it out when all others would leave you know the first night they get together they hang out they go to the knicks game or the, and they just they enjoy each other's company. They see and they they are both authentic people as much as can be. And then the the as she, as Andy says the the switch turns she becomes just a little crazy. You know, she asks him to get a drink during the last minute of the game. <laughs> then she, and one thing after another she goes over there for a dinner yeah, like you said, you had this whole thing. So she she calls him at work and does the baby talk thing. She talks to him during she's like, let's go to this chick flick marathon and then talks the whole time. He gets in a fight, like somebody hits him because she keeps talking. Um, she brought all this stuff to the apartment, like a baby fern. It's her love fern. And this is like day two. You know, and she's moved in, she's got a new pink comforter, pink toilet seat cover. He cooks this amazing dinner, the lamb chops. Oh my gosh, those looked awesome. Yeah, they did. And she says, I'm a vegetarian. And she starts like singing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Or So they go to this vegetarian restaurant. She's sneaking into the kitchen to eat a burger or something and watch the game while he's out there. She's like, I can't eat in front of him because he says I'm fat. And so it's like all these girls, these women there in this vegetarian restaurant are giving him the stink eye and he's just, but then probably, probably the point at which the vast majority men might've put up with this. And then they go back to his apartment and she's starts to kiss on him and they start, they start getting a little frisky. This princess Sophia go out and play. Hmm? Who's Princess Sophia? No, 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 no. No, no, you know, you, 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 you're kidding me, right? Princess Sophia? Little big, little big. I don't know. We will find out. Ah, you know, hang on a second. Oh, no. Oh. Right, listen, you can't name my, I remember Princess Sophia. It doesn't. Yes, I can. Listen, listen, listen. If, you, if you're gonna name uh, my member, all right, you, you gotta name it something hyper-masculine, okay? Something like a spike, a butch, a crawl, the warrior king, but not Princess Sophie. What did she just say? A spike. You know what I mean? No, no, after spike. Butch. After butch. Crawl, crawl, warrior king. This cruel warrior king want to come out and play? <gasps> oh, come no. Out. You know what? <sighs> Due to intense humiliation, the king has momentarily abdicated his throne, okay? Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Well, in that case, I better get going. So your, your whole, your premise was they stick it out when others would leave. Yeah. And I got to think that's a, a naming your member princess Sophia would be a leaving <laughs> this girl's crazy moment. Right. Uh, but because of the bet and all that, but what is the value of sticking it out when others would leave? Well, as I was mentioning before, you know, C.S. Lewis calls the initial attraction and it's really infatuation. I think that's what he calls it. He doesn't call it less. He calls it the, the, that the initial infatuation is, is a kind of a trick to get us to be committed to another person. And then now that we're committed, we have to stick together, not, not because it's fun, but because we're committed. And, and, and his point, C.S. Lewis's point is, is that that is when it becomes real love. That 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 moment when we start sticking it out, not because it's fun and not because it's for makes us feel good uh, or we think it's awesome. But when it's hard, when we stick it out 
in those moments, then that's when we actually start loving another person. We, we, we have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to self-sacrifice. We have to learn to, to have honest, real conversations. Our, our, our own personalities are challenged. Our own flaws are exposed. You know, what we really want is connection. But in order to be connected and intimate with another person, we have to be exposed and of course, sex is the uh, the ultimate sort of expression of that, which is why sex happens in marriage, right? Because that's the ultimate oneness and exposure you know, on a physical level. But it happens emotionally too. Like we have to get through that. And here's the thing is, is that a lot of times, especially in our modern culture, a lot of people give up on relationships or they never even get to that point, whether it's, you know, the hookup culture or whatever, is they never even get to the point where they have to get, go through a hard time with somebody. Right. And Benjamin, Ben was, he's right. Mr. One Night Stand. And he's so Mr. he, One he described 10, 10 days as a marathon and the married guy's like, <laughs> you think 10 days is a marathon? <laughs> That's a marathon. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> but he was treating it like it was so difficult for him. Cause he, he kept wanting to, he's like, that's it. I'm out. I said, I'm, I mean like he, but because of the bet he made, right. And because right. he wanted, you know, all that stuff. And so he stuck it out. And so people in all sorts of relationships, whether that's friendship or marriage, people, people bail when it starts getting hard because our culture has taught us that the infatuation is actual love. And so mm -hmm. then when it gets hard, it, we're not infatuated with anybody with that person anymore. And we have to choose to love them. Choosing to love someone is actual love. That's love because God chose to love us. God's not infatuated with us. He knows exactly how awful we are, <laughs> but he chooses to love and sacrifice for us. And so that's actual, I was reading the scripture the other day and I thought it very interesting where um, I think it's in first John, but maybe you'll look it up later where he says, this is how we know what love is that he died for us. In other words, that while we were sinners, he died for us. That's yeah. actually how we know and understand what love is. When, when it gets hard, when you have to make a sacrifice for the good of another person, that is actual love. And that doesn't happen in the infatuation stage because it's new and it's exciting. And I love those times. And I still like to be romantic and it's awesome. And, and, and so people give up on God for the same reasons, because we have a Christianity that has somehow convinced people that God is out to just bless us all the time. And it's always going to be awesome. If you just follow God, you'll have a better life. And then people start following God and they don't have a better life. Uh, the, the devil really starts to attack. And then they just stuff really. And, and we, I thought it was like listening to a country music song backwards. You get right. your wife back, your yeah, truck you. back, your dog back. <laughs> and there is joy and there is blessing. And, but it's, it's not an infatuation is, is we have to get into real Love And that's, that's pretty much the arc of this movie is that because they were forced to engage each other, even though they were both being horrible to some degree, they were both playing games and lying. Like they, they were forced to stick it out. And, and, and I just don't, and I think people have to realize that, that that's where the real connection comes from. That's where we actually get the sort of relationships that we want and we long for. Yes, this movie is contrived. I can't imagine anybody <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> actually doing any of this. However, you think of it from their specific perspectives. Ben is coming in. I can make any woman love me. Very self-serving, very, I it, you know, in 10 days, I've, we, we've got to show up at this, party and my boss is going to talk to her and know if she's in love with me or not. And if that was just any random girl at a bar, Mr. Salesman, Mr. Matthew McConaughey would, I'm sure have hypnotized her, would have won her over and would have maybe not won the bet, but would have at least, but it would have all been one sided. Right. Because he would have schmoozed her, marketed, marketed her, you know, done his advertising slogan. He would have won her over, but he would not have been won over. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that he was forced almost to do the relationship in reverse 
of, as we said, you, you can't share all your crazy right up front. (laughs) You've got to dole out your crazy bit by bit because Andy is doing all this crazy stuff. She talks to his mom. She, uh, (laughs) makes this creepy ass, uh, uh, thing family about their kids. album photoshopping of I put our faces in and this came out and he's like you don't want to look at her kid buys him a dog or buys them a dog took over the bathroom said oh I've got tickets and took him to Celine Dion instead of game <laughs> three of the NBA finals interrupts poker night interrupts poker night as we talked about like invading of the sacred spaces which is what Honestly, marriage does because you come together and then what the way that you were used to doing things is no longer the way you're going to do it. So he like he would have been successful on the bet. Any other guy not in the bet, she would have run off very quickly. Oh, easily. Two days max. Day, Day two easily. It could have been day one. Get me a drink. Screw you. I'm watching the game. <laughs> yeah. And so this, this, again, this contrived manipulated, I mean, but we love these things, right? Where it's a bet that you can do this, you know, make the pretty girl or the, the ugly duckling girl look awesome or all these movies where, you know, it was a bet or it, they were hanging out for money. What was that one? I don't All these eighties movies that you love that, that all those of sorts all. of, I know. Oh, can't buy me love was one. Can't buy me love. Yes. That's the one I was thinking. of. I love that one. But this idea that this, that sets up this unlikely premise, there's no way that love would succeed in this, this weird setup, but because of the culmination and what you see, what I love in this is how there are glimpses. Mm -hmm. I was just, just about to say that there are glimpses of who they are. Like, like Ben has seen real Andy who has, is passionate, wants to be a writer, you know, very, the first night she was herself. Yeah. He might've been a salesman. No, he was kind of himself too, but yeah, a little bit of salesman. Yeah. A little bit of a salesy, you know, hit on me pitch sort of thing. But then as she gets the crazy side out, he real he like his desperation, his, his commitment comes out of, and honestly, if you've done this 10 days of stuff and you can make it and not kill each other on the back end, then yeah, you've got a pretty stable relationship. <laughs> um, my wife and I, when we were married, I was super messed up, like lots of baggage from my previous marriage, lots of insecurities, lots of stuff from my previous 30 something years. Um, to the point where she was at one point was like, we need therapy or one of us is going to kill the other one. And we went into therapy and we dealt with that, but driving through those things, moving through those, like you said, in the commitment phase, where it's like, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to make this work. I remember one of the, one of the most, sort of the, the, the resonating moments of, of one of our therapy sessions was my wife was on one end of the couch crying and the therapist was like, don't you see her crying because of what you've said? And it was me reacting out of being hurt. Mm. It sort of doesn't matter what she said or what she did. I'm responsible for my actions Mm. and I kept throwing verbal spears and attacking her because I was hurt and that doesn't make it right. Mm. And what you see in this movie, I think is one one of the move, probably reasons I love it is he takes all this crap that Andy gives him knowing he's got to last. So he's cultivating and developing love out of necessity. Oh, I just, I was just going to add to what you're saying about the glimpses. Uh, I think you're right. You see the glimpses of who they really are, but you also see, the glimpses of of why I think women like this movie. So women in general crave security. And mm-hmm. what that means is, is no, that no matter what I do, you're going to stick around. And the fact that she couldn't push him away 
started to mess with her brain. Like it started to really mess with her. Like, what is this guy's issue? Because she knows really well how to push guys away. Now, it doesn't go into her background a whole lot like it does with his a little bit. But like she knows really well how to push a guy away and she can't do it. And that's what happens with God, too. That's what happens with God is we try to push him away. And he's like, no, I'm right here. I got it. And you're like, what's your problem? Like anybody else would have bailed on me. And, and, and I think mm. that's that, that, that security. And that's who we're supposed to be. It's Christ in the church. We are supposed to be that sort of husband to our wives to show them that level of, you know, security, because I don't know about your wife, but sometimes my wife looks at me and was like, you know, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so crazy. And why are you still around? And I'm like, baby, I, you know, like, why are you with me? Like, you know, we start talking about it, <laughs> but here's the thing about the security and, and seeking through it and, and getting past those conflicts and seeking it out and working those things out. See, here's the thing with infatuation. You think the sex is great in infatuation in the infatuation stage, right? Go on your honeymoon. And then people, but here's the thing. If, if you really get past, because what some people do, they just learn how to coexist. They don't really take those conflicts as an opportunity to grow closer. If you can take those conflicts and seeking it out over time as a way to become more intimate emotionally, what happens is the sex gets better. This is true. And I've, I said this recently and, and I had grown men look at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, my wife looked at me and went, how does it keep getting better? And it's not because we're young and athletic anymore, right? Like we've passed the infatuation stage We're we've passed being, you know, I, I can somehow hurt my knee in the middle of the night sleeping. I don't know how I do this, but <laughs> like, you know, like, like it's not like we're young and hot anymore. This is, this is what our culture tries to tell us. This is, this is the influence of porn on our culture. Okay. That it has to be this yeah. performance that it has to be this yada, yada, yada thing. Right. But what, what, but sex is again, it's about emotional connection. And it is for guys too, as much as they want to not make it, it is for guys too, sometimes more than women. But I had to have an older guy, my mentor tell me that like, I've been married for 22 years. And it, you know, he told me like, and don't believe him when they tell you the sex is, just goes away. Like it, it actually gets better. And I'm like, I've never heard that every movie, every TV show they're they've right. been married for 10 years and they just, they never have sex anymore. And he asks and she turns them down. Like, you know, like you've got this like game that they pay, that they play and it, and it took somebody else giving me a different, but again, that's not all he modeled. What he modeled was he loved his wife and they forgave each other and they had a relationship and they had real conversations and they worked through conflict. Like that's why what, what this movie is trying to show is actually really, really important as silly as it gets and contrived as it is and have as it's fun, but diamonds are like, aren't they the hardest thing? Like the heart, the, yeah. the like no one can shape that love. If you can get past that stuff. So there's this scene where they sort of broke up very briefly. They get in a fight on an elevator and he, and Ben actually says, where's, where's the mm. other Andy? Where's that one who was fun and exciting and playful, not sort of the crazy person that she was exhibiting. She's like, so I guess we're through and the door is closed and she's like, finally, mm -hmm. but then he goes in, he's reminded of his commitment. I, I like that the way of, of framing that he's reminded of his commitment. So he rushes down the fire escape. Can you forgive me, sugar puss? Look, I don't know what I was thinking. All right, I'm sorry. I am way out of line, Andy. Can you, can you give me another chance? Haven't you had enough? And look, I'm willing to do anything. Get up. Get I'll do, up. I'll do anything, Andy. Look, what do you think about Anything about couples therapy. Couples therapy? 
Couples therapy. Look, Thayer up there, he's got this doctor. He says he's a hell of a guy. No, I know a therapist who will work wonders with somebody like you, Benjamin. Yes, that's what I need. I will call and schedule an emergency session. Baby, whatever it takes. Yes. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm. Thank you for understanding. I love you, Banky. But I don't have to like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> But that that scene that she was, she's like, haven't you had enough? Ma'am. And the real her comes out briefly. Right. She's like, get up, get up. Like she finds herself, like you were mentioning, attracted to him because he's he's pushing his pushing his way through all the bullshit. And by the way, we're about to talk about <laughs> the best scene in the, the best movie. scene. Absolutely. It makes the movie. I don't have that because it's such a visual scene, but, but I loved what you said that we treat God this way. Like we do this crazy stuff. We do, we keep turning away. We keep looking to other gods and idols and however you want to frame it. And, and he's still there and he still pursues us. And we're getting into, I'm in my Bible reading, we're getting into numbers and what is going to conspire, what is going to, happen in this book of the Bible is Israel is going to keep going away. Like they make a, they stretch a two week journey into 40 years, but through it, they complain about food. They complain about water. They want to go back to Egypt. Like the, the Israelites keeping like, I wish I we let's go back to Egypt, like trying to mutiny and return to Egypt. And meanwhile, at the end, you've got, Balaam, who's been called in by the king of Moab to curse Israel, but he's not allowed to. Mm -hmm. God doesn't let him curse him. He, he blesses him. And the guy's like, what are you doing? I paid you to curse them. And he's like, I'm doing my best, but what comes out of my mouth is not me. And all the while Israel is like going off. They're doing their own thing. They're grumbling. They're complaining. They're wanting someone else. They're wanting something else. And then, you know, later on, they're going to say, we want a King. We don't want this. And no matter what the Israelites do, God still loves them. God still blesses them. That's why Hosea marries a mm -hmm. prostitute to show God's love for us. Like we're like the prostitute going around, giving our heart to anybody. Oh, this feels good. Let's do that. Oh, I, it could be work. It could be family. I mean, family can become mm -hmm. an idol. It could be sex. It could be take your pick. The world is full of, of idols and, and things that we give our hearts to. And yet God is still there. And there's times where I, I think I feel like Andy is like, haven't you had enough? <laughs> but the whole premise, the whole purpose is to bring us home. Mm -hmm. So they go to couples therapy, Andy and Ben, they go to couples therapy. It's one of her friends. It's all contrived. It's made to make him look bad and like antagonize <laughs> him even more. How long have you been attracted to other men? It's like, what the? <laughs> and he says something that the friend catches on to where she's like, he's like, ah, says something about going home to Staten Island for the weekend. He's like, we just need to get away and just focus on our, us. And, but the whole idea was to bring her home. And that's really what God wants to do with us is bring us home to where we can be our true selves, where we can be who we are. No bullshit. Like I said, I don't have that scene pulled because it is so, there's so much nuance in that, but they get home. Kids are everywhere. It's noisy. They're playing this game, this card game bullshit where you, you it's basically like a adult level go fish. You're, you're trying to get rid of all your cards. And Ben is the best out of all of them. Like he kicks their ass because he, what is it? He says the key is being able to read other right. people. Like from that moment through the returning home is the best, the heart of the movie. Well, and it's, it, it's so important and it's, so key. It, it really is one of the best scenes and it really does make the movie because, because you're right. Is that he takes her home to his family and the family was like, he doesn't take anybody. He doesn't bring anybody here. Right. And, 
And there's so many great moments in that because she is because she's really herself and he's really himself. And, and, and that's in the context of family. And, and it's a couple of things that I tell people when they start dating. And just by the way, if you're going to date, you shouldn't show everything right away. I mean, I, and it's not just because you look crazy. It's just there, there should be stages of that, of, of getting to know people and, and time and, and over time. It's like an emotional striptease. <laughs> but you don't. So there's nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with, with not holding back, but just not being super vulnerable with everybody. Jesus wasn't super right. vulnerable with anybody. He would teach. And then those who were really committed to him, he'd pull them aside and really teach them. Like, oh, this is what I was right. really talking about. And they were like, why don't you tell everybody that? It's like, no, 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 no. This is for the people who are really going to stick around. It's the pearls before and, swine. Right? You don't want to, you want to give all your good stuff to people who won't and, appreciate it. And so when I tell people to, to, as they're dating, I'm like, do as much as you can in groups. Cause anybody can pretend when it's just you two alone. And you can get really manipulative when it's just two people alone and you can get in a lot of trouble when it's just two people alone. But when you're in groups, they, people cannot hide in who they are in a group. He's going to act like he really likes you and he's going to pretend and he's going to, but here's what happens with women sometimes is they actually like the guy who's mean to everybody, but really nice to them. And it's like, no, he'll be mean to you at some point too. Like he's just, playing it to get sex or whatever he wants to get. So I'm like, see how he acts with other people. See what his character is like around his mom, around his dad, around his you know nieces and nephews. See what his character is like around other people in big groups. And if he treats other people kindly and takes care of other people, that's the guy you want. I don't, I've never heard anybody else tell people that, but I, I tell people that. And that's why I love this scene is because she sees that he loves his nephew or whoever the baby is. And, and yeah. he changes, he changes the diaper or something. I mean, like he's, he doesn't, yeah. I mean, he's like, he's, he's almost maternal at times, but then he's also drinking a beer and he's, you know, cussing people and, and he's giving people a hard time and, and they're playful with each other and, and they, and they accept one another's flaws. And, and it's in that place where she learns what, what, who he really is. And then she feels comfortable to be who she really is. And it's a, and it's awesome, man, the way they set it up that the game was, you know, the BS game because yeah. they've been playing a game the whole movie. And now, right. now those walls have come down and, and you can tell it, it really touches her emotionally because they're in the shower and really what kicks it off is she's like your mom really hugged me everything all right okay oh no it's more than okay i love everything about this house the noise the smells oh well, the smells that's uncle arnold i mean Just that when your mom hugged me today, she really hugged me. But winning a game of bullshit. Sweetie, that's a good thing. Smile. Smile. Come on, give me a smile. Okay, that's good. That's it. You should scare me. <laughs> that idea of family and home breaking down the walls. Interestingly, C.S. Lewis also said something very similar in, I think, The Four Loves when he's talking about friendship is the the people bring out different sides of us. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I'd have coffee with my friend Patrick, and we, he and I would engage, and we, we, we met for coffee weekly for, like, months. And then we invited somebody else in, John. And the conversation shifted. But I got to know a side of Patrick that I would not have known if John wasn't there because they talk about different things. They bring out different things. So when you have something, an immersive 
thing like home, like this family was like, you can't be, you, you, you can't fake it. Mm -hmm. Especially the, the idea of bullshit and being able to read people and know when they're telling the truth and when they're false. You know, if you think about that in the context of the movie of, uh, Ben knew who Andy really was and didn't understand what, where this crazy person was coming from, but he knew who she was. She was also really good at the game. Like they were like this, the, that's the lowest point total Ben's ever had. Like that was the moment, right? Where they, they actually fell in love mm -hmm. where, where they saw each other, where they accepted each other, where they became, I mean, they had sex in the shower, so they became one. <laughs> But the other context of this, you know, and we're, we're heading to the big, big conflict where she finds out it's a bet. He finds out she's, he's part of an article that she's writing and they break up in that great scene that we, I don't have time to play it about. He's like, you, your goal was to lose a guy you just did. And she accuses him of, of, well, I, you can't lose something you never had. Mm. But that, I, this idea that the games we play prevent us from getting what we really want. So you said that, that this was the big theme of the movie. Yeah. And so explain that, how this, how this story worked to show that message. Well, we play games for two reasons. We play games for two reasons. Number one, because we think it'll get us what we want, but we also play games to hide who we really are. Right. If people, if someone really knew us, they wouldn't love right. us. So, so I have to act like someone you would like, right? Right. In order but for you to hang around. In order for you to stick around. And, but we also play games to get what we think we want, but what we want is real relationship. And so the playing of the game is fake. It's not real. And we're, we're, we have different agendas than of things that we aren't going to be satisfied by one of my favorite moments in the movie, you know, secondary to probably the home scene when they're playing the game and it gets a little convoluted. It gets a little confusing there at the end. They, they could have written that a little better, but when they're at the party and they're all dressed up and they're at the party and Ben's boss goes to talk to Andy because the bet was she'll love you. It wasn't just that you can get a girl to go to the party. The bet was you can make a girl fall in love with you. And he comes back and basically tells Ben, she, you won. She loves you. And the look on his face, because he was, he was happier that she loved him. Right. Than the fact that then getting the uh, account, he, he thought his goal was getting this account. But when you saw his face, he actually was more satisfied and contented and joyful over the fact that this girl loved him. Yeah. He celebrated. She loves me. Not I got the account. Right. Like when he says yeah. you won, it wasn't like, yeah, great. I, I, I'm going to make a whole bunch of money and I, I don't know, have a big name and, you know, well, yeah, yeah. but no, it was she loves me. And that's real value. Because people have real value. You know, the, the, a lot of the games that we play are for stuff that doesn't have any value. Yeah. And, so, and so she had actual value and he learned that. And, but in order to learn that, he had to stick around when he normally would have bailed. As we go over the lies and truth sort of motif that I like to go over, like they both felt like they had to live a lie for various reasons. And part of the lies that they lived and that they were believing was what their goals were. There's nothing wrong with wanting a big account and stretching and, and having challenging yourself in your career. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to write about what really matters. There's nothing wrong with those things, but in order to manipulate people in order to get those things was, that was the lie that, that those were more important. And so they, they both had to come to the truth that they were playing games and living a lie. And that caused conflict. It's always will, it always will cause conflict and you will feel shame and you'll feel temptation to run and bolt. And we do it with God. God convicts us and the devil goes, see, he doesn't love you. 
Right. See, that's what that's what happens, right? Life's not as easy as we think it is. It gets hard. <laughs> it gets ugly. It gets weird. And yeah, we're like, oh well, I guess I guess I was wrong. God, I guess I was wrong. I guess God, God doesn't really love say. Me. Because this just, he didn't call me to this because it's hard. No, I mean, I mean, like, no, you get the promised land, but guess what? You also have to fight the enemy to do it. Like, I mean, like, like all of that is part of it. And so they had, that was the first lie. I mean, the first truth was that they had to come to the realization that they were playing games and they had to, they had to process that. If that hadn't happened in the movie, we would not have liked this movie. It would have felt, it would have cheapened the ending. It would have cheapened the ending, but, but when they came to the truth about the fact that they were playing games, then they could say, okay, well, okay, that was a lie. And those are games, but what's real. I I know I want to bail. I know I want to get away. I know what I want to get out, but what's real. And, and, and this is something that we have to realize as married people, because we're going to get in conflicts. We're going to have a fight. We're going to disagree about something or hurt one another's feelings. What we have to do is say, what's true? Sometimes you have to stop in the middle of those hard conversations and say, well, let's start with what we know. I love you and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You're not the enemy. (laughs) You're not the enemy. We're in this together, whatever it is. I'm telling you that that statement alone diffuses most arguments. I appreciate how much you've impacted my watching of the movies because I do look for the, what truth is are they believing? What lie are they believing? What truth is going to be revealed? So the truth gets revealed that it's all been a game. Mm-hmm. It was a bet. It was an article. So they go from believing the truth that they love each other to believing a lie like it wasn't real. Right. So they believe a lie towards the end. And that's that same thing when we're fighting with each other, fighting with our spouse, fighting with God. We believe that's why you have to do exactly what you said. What is the truth here? The truth is like, I've had to say that when my wife's responded to something I said, I was like, I don't think you heard what I, I said, I, I love you. <laughs> I'm on your side here. Let's start this over, reset, and then move forward. Yeah. Because you're responding in a way that's not, wasn't my heart for you. Wasn't what I was trying to, this isn't, this is this, as they say in Anchorman, this escalated quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that escalated quickly. (laughs) So we go to the end and Andy writes an article that says she lost a guy that it was the worst mistake of her life because she actually was the only guy she ever really loved. And well, she tells the truth in it, right? She tells the truth and her telling the truth gets him to tell the truth. Yeah. And he pursues her. She realized because she did it so that she would write, she would be able to write big impactful articles, but then realize what it cost her because she couldn't. There's a Magritte painting. My wife and I, when we were in Spain, we went to a Magritte exhibit and Magritte's her favorite artist, but it's a room, but the walls of the room are painted as the sky. When I saw that scene, I thought of that picture of you've got a bed in this room with all this stuff in it, and it looks like the room is has no walls. There's nothing limiting. But in reality, it's a very closed, tiny space. And that's what Andy experienced was, mm. oh, you do this article, you write this article, and you can write about whatever you want, wherever the wind takes you. Nope, not politics. Nope, not women's <laughs> rights. Nope, not this. She's like, you can write about shoes or clothes that fit your body style. This is a room with the walls painted like clouds. Like I've got no walls, but in reality, it's a closet. Mm, yeah. And I'm leaving. And so she's going the the super cheesy chase down scene in New York City. And <laughs> but he catches her. They stop on a bridge. And and Ben's Ben, who's read her article, he's saying that she loves him, asks, asks if it's true. Please. Is this true? Or are you just trying to sell magazines? I meant every word. Well, where are you going? I have an interview. Yeah, in Washington. I know. Where are you going? 
Ryan, it's the only place I can go and write what I want to write. No, I'm not buying that. You can write anywhere. I think you're running away. Why don't you save your mind games for your next bet, okay? I am not running away. Bullshit. Excuse me? You heard me. Bullshit. Hey, lady, what do you want to do? Take the lady's luggage back to her place. She has alternate transportation. You call my bluff? You bet I am. Ben knew her heart for him, so he had to express it for her. But he could see her. He saw her and who she was. Knew that she was running away. And I, I loved it. Bullshit. Because he wasn't calling her out with, with saying, on one hand, yes. But with that one word, he brought her back to the family, to the home. Exactly. And said, remember who we were. Remember this. Yep. Remember. Remember. And she couldn't leave because she was running away. Because it was painful. Because it, it's going to be painful. But when you stick it out, when you are persistent and you endure, you know, we're called to endure. We're called Amen. to undergo trials and all this stuff. But that is the testing of our faith. It's the testing of our love. And going through the fire and we come out on the other side and we know that what we have is true and honest and is a diamond. And what we've got on the other end is the connection we've been longing for. And, and everything that is worth anything takes hard work. I, I know we get salvation for free. It's true. I, I can't earn salvation, but I work it out with mm -hmm. fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. uh, you endure rejoice when you come under various trials. And I'm not saying I earn my salvation, but I, I'm saying that, clinging to God, man, sometimes he breaks your hip, man. And says, let me go. And you say, no, I'm not letting you go. And God made a nation out of that guy because he wouldn't let him go. He was a liar and he was a cheat <laughs> and he was a manipulator. <laughs> and yet that moment where he says, I'm not letting you go. I know who you are and I'm not letting you go. I don't care if you break my hip. I don't care what happens, which is what, what he says to Andy. I'll do anything. That's how, that's how our relationship is with God because God, that's how committed God is. God's not going anywhere. He's, he's not far from anyone. That's what the Bible says. He's not far from anyone. He's a step away, but we think he is and we believe lies. And sometimes we have to get past those lies and deal with stuff, you know, and in our marriage for us to be Christ in the church, so we have to get through that stuff. And because we're human and, and marriage is, was not meant to be fun and games. Marriage was meant for us to express Christ and his church it's a hard road sometimes and, and there's, and there's sacrifice and it doesn't mean you, you put up with abuse or anything. I don't want anybody to hear that. I, I, sometimes it's right to go, you know, it's one of those things where on the other side of seeking it out, we build character. That's what, that's what James says. That's why we stick it out through trials and temptations because on the other side of it is the character that is going to be built. And that's why we can rejoice is because God is after character. And that's what we get when in our marriage and we can build that character. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love it. And, and I love that part of the movie because then what, what you get is a marriage that can withstand anything. Yeah. And, and, you, and there's a security in that. And there's so much joy and connection from that. Like, I'm, like a diamond. So, that's been Paul McDonald and Britt Mooney talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days. That epic, manly, masculine <laughs> epic movie. So may uh, you all enjoy celebrating the romance of the season. But remember that behind the romance and behind the games is the diamond 
that you're actually looking and longing for. So I uh, hope you join us next time here on the Men at the Movies podcast. Something inside has been awakened. I can no longer be who I was before. But if I am no longer who I was, who am I to be? Thank you.